Hello and welcome everyone to the Lunar Sea Spire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 55. Today we're talking about Beach Party and I have the oddest sense of deja vu. I'm Ken. I'm GC13. I'm Sophia. In episode so nice, you gotta record it twice. Sophia, we are putting you on blast. Confess to your sins. I am sorry. <laughs> Add a new member to the podcast, they said. <laughs> It'll make things so much easier, they said. Oh, come on. It was bound to happen eventually. <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay. Anyway, we're recording this twice. Now I have to watch that Garfield and Friends episode with the deja vu. That show was so terrible. Oh my god. My mom loved that when I was a kid. Like, that was her favorite show. She also really liked Hey Arnold. Okay, Ken, you are officially a bad person. Hey Arnold was amazing. So, Beach Party. I guess we can start off by saying that this is the first introduction of Nanafaw as a character. She's the last character that was in the opening to appear in the show. And she's based off of Ian Joan Cordy's grandmother, who was the state or the flag designer for the country of Ghana. Yes, the entire pizza family is from Ghana, based off of Ian Joan Cordy's family, to an extent, I think. Yeah, and his grandmother has a pretty interesting Wikipedia page, if anyone wants to look into that. Yeah, you know you've made it when uh, you get a Wikipedia article about yourself. Actually, you don't even have to be that famous to get a Wikipedia article about you. The bar is pretty low. I'm pretty sure Ian Joan Cordy's Wikipedia article is bigger than his grandmother's. Well, no, actually, his grandmother's is definitely bigger than his. Her name is Theodosia Oko. If anyone wants to look that up, probably going to be linked in the show notes. Footnotes. I like that Gongo wears socks and sandals. Socks and sandals have a really bad rap. I don't understand. She marches to the beat of her own drum. Well, socks and sandals is like the kind of outfit where I need to go get the mail and I'm wearing socks indoors and I don't feel like taking them off and I can only find my sandals. Socks and sandals, it shows confidence. It shows you don't care about what the rest of society thinks of you. It shows that you're your own independent, free-thinking, spirited person, and I respect that. Nanafwa is a trend maker. She's just not going to wear something because other people say it's fashionable. Yeah, as, the sh- as the show progresses, more people will be wearing socks with sandals. Buck fancies himself a tastemaker, but where did he say that he was? In the pizza shop. Nanafwa's house! Dang, that's a good point. I'm pretty sure they don't actually live in the pizza shop. Well, they can't after Garnet destroyed it. She didn't destroy the pizza shop, she just messed up the sign. It looked like she messed (laughs) up the entire roof. Yeah, she did some damage. I was thinking that Kofi's anger was actually kind of understated. Like, in real life, I would have been more upset, honestly. Like, I had a lot of sympathy for him. Yeah, especially if the gems were being, like, dismissive and stuff. It's like, oh, it doesn't matter. They're not even being dismissive, they're just outright ignoring him. Yeah, the gems really come across as jerks here. And, I mean, their justification is that, well, we're actually just saving everyone and all of your lives all the time, so we don't really need to care about things like this. But it would be, I don't know, like, they should care a little bit? Like, something. I don't know, how how involved are they in human culture? Because it seems that they were completely cut off until Greg. Yeah, I mean, that appears to be the case. Was Vidalia Amethyst's first human friend? Maybe. I mean, if anybody is gonna, if anybody's gonna be watching the humans and able to interact with them better, it would be Amethyst. I mean, she was kind of perched there as an owl. Rose definitely had human suitors before, but maybe she was probably the only one. I mean, she is the boss. It's kind of what bosses do. They collect suitors. I collect bouncy balls, but I'm not the boss of anything. So, we, we talked about this the first time we recorded, but I, I want, I want to get this out there. Kofi's apron is not like all of the other aprons. Everybody else is wearing an apron with a piece of pizza drawn on it, and he's just wearing a plain yellow triangle. Yellow diamond confirmed. There are people out there who are saying that the diamonds are secretly fusions of a whole bunch of people. I think Kofi is one of the components of yellow diamond. You heard it here first, folks. 
Well, I, okay, I don't actually think talking real talk with that theory that it's valid because we saw in Sworn to the Sword that the 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 statues of the Gi- Diamond Authority had single gems, and you can we see we can't they were. be certain that those are actually the statues of the Diamond Authority. People have pointed out that the the one where Pink Diamond would be doesn't look anything like Rose. It was destroyed. There were three diamonds. Yeah, no, but you can see the legs, and they're they're all very skinny legs. So you can see the legs of the of the destroyed statue. Yeah, what I think is more likely about the statues actually is that those are just stylized versions, and it's really the head where all the distinct personality is given to the statue bearers. But those could just be warrior gems. We don't actually know. They they could be champions of the diamonds for all we know. Well, one of them looks a lot like yellow diamond. Yeah, that's that's, 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 that's the whole reason people think that. But, you know, that's kind of neither here nor there. I don't actually think that the diamonds are fusions. I think they're just really powerful, ordinary gems. And disguised as a pizza man. Yes, obviously. I mean, you know, Kofi, Kofi, like, let Garnet do all the work because that's what, that's what a diamond does. Diamonds let the subordinates do all the work. Yeah, but Steven was the one directing the battle. Maybe Steven as Pink Diamond took Mm. greater control. But yeah, Steven did show some great leadership in this episode. Like, this is the first we see of, like, Steven be- eventually becoming the leader of the Crystal Gems. Like, oh, he- yeah. he's directing them. And I think what's not just impressive about, like, the battle itself, when he's making the teams, he groups them together fairly in what personalities work best. So, like, he understands his, sub- like, subordinates, like the people he's directing. Kiki may have been custom-made to... Be the kind of person who would hang out with Pearl and Jenny, maybe carbon copied from Amethyst, but can't say Kofi and Garnet are anything alike. He paired Kofi up with Garnet because Garnet's the one who's going to win. And what does Kofi want to do? Kofi wants to win. Okay, I think they're both... Best way to get on his good side. They were paired together because they're the odd ones out and because they're kind of like the heads of their respective families, in a sense. And they're both mysterious, don't forget that. Yes, the mysterious triangle. Then we need to start playing the X-Files. I think someone in the character design team was really attached to the idea of Amethyst having a fanny pack. I mean, it it does kind of make her look younger, right? So considering how young she is compared to the other crystal gems, I don't think it's a very bad visual shorthand. I liked it. I mean, it's it's where she can keep all her food. Apparently not the pizzas, though. They don't have very good pizza, yeah. according to Amethyst. Besides, she doesn't have room there. She has all the unlimited breadsticks in there. There's another thing. The pizzas and the Frymans as well both have sure names that are related to their job. Like, my question is, how did that happen? Like, did they change the last names to fit their job? Or did they just sort of have last names that ended up being like their job? I do kind of wonder if that's a bit of a parallel towards what we later find out about the gems, where the gems are all built for a single purpose. You know, a quartz will always be a fighter, <laughs> a pearl will always be a servant, a parrot will always be a technician, and a pizza, a pizza will always, will always sell pizza. Well, I mean, that's how a lot of last names came about, even in our world. Like, people of the last name Brewer, allegedly someone in their family at one point was a brewer. And stuff like that would stay in the family line. Maybe that's just a tradition that stayed around in the Steven Universe world a little bit longer. Well, yeah, like you Smith's son, you're the son of a Smith or something. Or Smith, just Smith. Yeah. But like pizzas? I don't know. I, d- I just find it really weird because you have Fryman brothers, and I can never remember where his brother is. I could have sworn they said it at some point, but I'm just so sad that I had to lie to you guys about where Buck said that he was a tastemaker. He should have said it in the pizza shop, though. 
Okay, there are fewer than 1,607 people in the U.S. with the last name, with the first name pizza. There are 1,169 people in the U.S. with the last name pizza. That's about a thousand more than I would have expected. Yeah, the pizza clan's pretty big. And there are 3,877 people in the U.S. with the last name Fryman. Statistically, the 9,223rd most popular last name. Well, you know, fry fry shops don't require it. They're, they're not as capital intensive as good pizza. Right, but the point here to take away from this is that those are real last names. Yeah, a famous person with the last name Fryman is Travis Fryman, and he is a baseball player. Huh. He so doesn't no. sell fries? He doesn't sell fries. Isn't this... Like, he, he doesn't even work the concession stand, like... During the half of the inning when he he's not out on the field, maybe that's where he started out. Gonna have to gonna have to headcanon that. Headcanon. <laughs> yeah, headcanon for reality. Oh, I liked how the pizzas, or at least Nanafa, had pizza themed curses where she's like cheese on bread. Oh yeah, that was good. That was a nice detail. I like Garnet being like, I am much older than you to Nanafa. And this episode was really kind of like. I understand that the jokes are good, and I understand that it's a good episode, but for me, like, it's one of those kind of empathy things where now it's it's hard to watch. It's embarrassing for me, especially when the gems are, like, naming themselves and shape-shifting into their clothes. I'm like, oh, oh, God. Yeah, and they're just reprising the theme song, and it's just in case we didn't notice Steven comes up, and Steven! <laughs> I actually yeah, didn't really get corny. that until I rewatched the episode today. A lot of the things about this episode were hack is far too strong for word, but kind of corny and contrived just because they need things to go a certain way. Yeah, there were there, that was a big problem with a bunch of the episode, or especially the way they took care of the monster. That plan was so complicated was, for no reason. Just, hey, we, we gotta have everybody do something, so rather than have Amethyst walk over here and then transform, no, you gotta transform and then Jenny will push you. Yeah. I think Steven, because that's kind of what he does. He likes to th- make things like all contrived and complicated, but like that everyone gets to participate and have fun. Like secret team. Like secret. Well, how was this like secret team? Well, he left his hat behind at the Big Donut on purpose. He contrived a situation okay. to get the band back together. Okay, I, I do. Yeah, but P- Steven likes his unnecessarily complicated, like adding of things. There was one where he did a drawing and he like wanted to add the clouds and the sun in the background and the trees. I like, yeah, when he when he's doing the get us the harpoon gun drawing on the bubble. Yep, there bubble we go. Buddies. That's he what has from. to put in all this extraneous detail, and then when he's signing his name in cheeseburger backpack, he adds in all the stars. Woo. Well, I mean, in Back to the Barn, he also had a scoring point for the tree. Although Back to the Barn in its entirety is an example of Stephen liking to make things complicated. I, I, I did like how it back to the bar and him him calling the art contest as subjective was what it took for them to need the fight to be the tiebreaker. Yeah, that that subjective that really got to me. Yeah, subjective nothing. Pearl did a way better job. I also uh, find it interesting that Beach Party has one of the most extremes in Steven's kind of body type fluctuations, and as you said, I think in the previous recording that this episode was boarded by only one person and that was Lamar Abrams and the way he drew Steven in this episode is like almost I want to say accurately proportional like his head he's about like three or four heads tall instead of usually his head being a third of his height that you would see in some other episodes because I find that interesting Steven Steven is easily the least consistent of the characters in sense of body proportions yeah that's not the kind of thing that's not the kind of thing I'm gonna pick up on when I'm watching an episode and I, I, I will swear up and down that Amethyst's body type also 
changed somewhat after Reformed, but no one believes me. Well, I mean, if you, ha- you either have the pictures or you don't. I do have the pictures. I have an entire album on Imgur that I posted, and it's like before ref- uh, Reformed and after Reformed. Do the analysis. Get the hard math that yeah. I'm like fruit. thinking of like bringing these into Photoshop and like drawing like little lines over it and pointing out like see like the the body lumps are like slightly different here. Yeah, that's getting into that's getting into some detail on the art that I I just can't do. I I do height. Well, the height is pretty interesting as well because Stephen Amethyst will always be taller than Stephen and Pearl will always be taller than Amethyst. But how much taller they are to each other is like really weird. Like sometimes Amethyst is really short, and other times she's like almost a head and a half shorter than Pearl. So that that that's always like really interesting to me. I've seen that they they tend to be pretty consistent on the heights. There, there are some shots where they just go crazy, but for the most part they they stick pretty close when they're not doing a wild when they're not doing a wild shot, they're really close. Yeah, they're pretty good about it. And I mean if you're a kid watching this on TV, you will never notice. Oh yeah. Well, I would have. I, I'm that kind of child to notice, but uh, normal kids would not have. Hey, the proportion is off in this shot. My suspension of disbelief has been ruined. GC, I like your impression of a kid. You should do that more often. That's, uh, yeah, that's that's kid GC. Just, uh, just that, that's going to premiere in 2018. <laughs> that actually, it's a good show title. I like it. <laughs> like, uh, like a pup named Scooby-Doo. Is anyone in this podcast, like, pursuing voice acting? Because I swear Hunter mentioned Hunter, it. Hunter, yeah. I could yeah. talk to Hunter about that. So all together, we got Hunter, the the voice actor, me, the artist, Ken, the editor. I'm the writer. And and GC's the writer. Yeah, let, let's uh, let's put on a pilot. Another question is, did Greg have, like, very varied merchandise on, like, now the clothes that he gives to Steven? Like, oh, do you want a Pink Star t-shirt, or do you want, like, an exercise shirt, or do you want, like, a hoodie? Because it seems interesting that Steven, like, sticks to a theme. Like, it seems unnecessary that he has to, and yet... He still does. They might have had a lot of merch. We just never, I don't think we ever saw any of it in Story for Steven, but he, he might have had it. Well, I mean, Steven's enormous pile of shirts that we saw the gems folding in, <laughs> keeping it together. And Steven has no idea where any of his clothes come from. Like, he has more shirts than I have clothes total. This is interesting. Like, if I piled all my clothes in a pile, it would be smaller than Steven's shirt pile. So Greg definitely had some very high expectations for merchandise I think Marty was the money grubber there. You gotta be smart about it. You want to buy more shirts than you expect people will want to buy off of you. He also must have expected to have a lot of child fans, I guess. That is right, Ken. Like, he's got a ton of Steven-sized shirts. Well, just remember, no one can ignore the universe. The, they, they might not be for child fans. They might be for the children of fans. I guess that's true. Maybe Steven's, like, just really particular about his clothes. Yeah, because we know that the clothes didn't all come from the replicator wand, because that got destroyed. Like, like I'm thinking, like they literally made more custom clothes for him because he just really likes the star shirt. Maybe it makes him feel like his mom. Well, we know she had that star cutout on her dress back around the time of the rebellion. So, as far as Rose is concerned, that wasn't new. It being adopted by the other crystal gems was new, but she had it long before that. So, yeah, the majority of Steven's outfit is the shirt, and then his pink hoodie. But it's, it's, all of his shirts are the star shirt. Oh, and his, um, his little jumper from the fusion video <laughs> also was pink with the star on it. That jumper is adorable, though. He also has leg warmers. Aww. Pearl probably donated those to him. 
Yeah, we we never did decide whether you know stuff that's actually part of their object, stuff that's actually part of their outfit, and not just a piece of their outfit that they summoned special. Okay, if okay. that can be removed. So, so you're telling me that in Pearl's gem there is a little wardrobe yes. of all of her outfits. <laughs> that would be great. Absolutely, I like that. But that's the question. She's got I don't everything. Think- like, are the gems shape-shifting clothes onto themselves, or is it, like, physical cloth? Because I don't think it's actually, like, like are there actually outfits that they're, like, phasing onto, they're, like, summoning from their gem onto their body? Because Garnet's visor is a hard light projection that she creates separate from her outfit. I think it's kind of like a mix between their weapons and kind of, like, their physical form. And, like, is is there a limit? Like, would you be able to just project a shirt and throw it in your enemy's face? I think the takeaway here is that gems are complicated and they need to keep doing the shorts explaining them to us. Yeah, they're not they're not taking full advantage of their powers. I mean, Pearl, she's got so many gem powers she could use. Like, obviously, in this competition, it wouldn't be too hard to make the connection to a battle where she's making, like, replications of herself so that gem monsters can't figure out who's who. They're on a beach, and we already know that she can manipulate sand because she did that in a previous episode, and she doesn't take advantage of that either. It could be, like, very weak telekinesis yeah maybe yeah because i mean the sand figures that she was controlling were not very big although she did have very fine control of them so that that's a very that pearl is thing, interesting though. i think like gems have a kind of weak sort of kinesis as a whole where they can sort of bend reality like in very minor ways like the way they can sort of float but not a lot of floating just a little bit of floating yeah they could they could just hover in place for quite some time or they can jump good Samurai Jack style. And like this and this could work in very well with um in a couple situations where Rose in Oh, we need to talk. She makes the records stop. Like it can be in key somewhat with their emotions when Greg is like, Can you talk to me? And she's like, Oh, and she, like you can argue that she made the records stop playing. And then Steven in maximum capacity, like you can argue that he made the TV stop. That wasn't a coin. That wasn't a okay. We have dialogue, so we need to get rid of the TV. That was a we're going to show you the TV and yeah. it's off now. No, we argued about this when we recorded about that episode, but I still disagree about that. I think that was just an aesthetic choice for the episode. Like it was very powerful as a writing. Well, they, they made it very clear that it isn't the audio fading into the background. They made it clear that the audio stopped. Is what I'm saying. We we can talk about whether it's supposed to be interpreted as a power or not. Oh, okay, but fair it was enough. Obviously. Yeah, that's true. Off. Yeah, yeah right. like the whole, like I think that really added to the situation because you have like the laugh track going in the background in this very like kind of intense and awkward scene, and so I, it really added to like that maximum capacity is one of my favorite episodes in the show. I like most of the amethyst. I like all of the amethyst episodes actually, but um, yeah, they're really good. In Rose's scabbard, Steven goes to make that final jump to try and get to Pearl, and he is like jumping in kind of slow motion, and then Pearl looks at him and he plummets. And so that could also be he's kind of making himself float. And then something happens and his power kind of, like, turns off. He becomes self-conscious about it. Yes. Or it's like in an old episode of Looney Tunes where you can walk off a cliff and you're just fine as long as you don't realize you've walked off the cliff. I never found that gag funny as a kid, but, like, the older I get, the funnier I find it. Really? Because that was always good. I never found it funny. Yeah, I just didn't like slapstick humor. I still don't like slapstick humor as a general rule. I also never really cared for Ed, Ed, and Eddie as a result of that. But okay, no, 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 no. I loved Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Ed, Ed, nope. Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Uh, fight me. I will fight you, Ken. <laughs> that show is overrated. Uh, let's do ratings. 
This episode first aired on April 30th, 2014, and it had 1.437 million viewers. And that was ratings. Thank you. I've had a lot of practice. I'm very proud of my work. Well, we will see you all next week. Until then, I'm GC13. I'm Ken. Like us on Tumblr, do something on Facebook, something, something iTunes. Oh, and I, I'm Sophia. I forgot to outro. In case they forget the name of the one girl in the podcast. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.